back at it again for another one this is connecticut's most controversial podcast this is the domino effect and as always i go by the name of domino appreciate you for tuning in right now um this is like my second episode of the year so far you know appreciate everybody for you know sticking with me because rona messed everything up you know i had a couple guests lined up had some things lined up but rona said "Uh uh-uh you know, got to chill out on all that. Can't be going nowhere. Can't be going to the studio, nothing like that. I would do a Zoom call, but that ain't really my style. So I like the audio format. As soon as I get some cameras and some more people, I might start doing that. But for now, this is what y'all get. Uh, appreciate y'all for listening on uh, Spotify and uh, iTunes, wherever you uh, prefer. But uh, right now, the guest I got on the phone, um, been following this man's career for maybe like, how long has it been? Maybe since I was like 13. So damn, it's been over 20 years, I want to say. Um, he's been in things like Grey's Anatomy, he's been in The Wire, Sons of Anarchy, Shameless, you know, just been doing this thing for a long, long time. Uh, we have actor Antonio Charity on the line. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. Thanks how you. All right, man. Can't complain. You know, trying to try and try not to catch Rona, trying, just trying to stay safe out here. How you been holding up, man, in, in, in these crazy times? Uh, holding up fine, man. Um, yeah, just, just maintaining sticking in the house getting getting stuff done though. i've been really really busy how you been staying um, busy so been, far it's been a very productive time for me because I, I keep a long list of things to do mm-hmm, <laughs> so right. spare time just isn't, isn't part of my reality mm-hmm. it just isn't and it never has been for years so i always have to make time to do things that need to be done and things that I want to do, I have to make time to do it because it's just never, ever enough time to do all the things that right. I need and want to do. But I'm, I, so I've been getting a lot done. Right, right. Uh, none of that, uh, just sitting around trying to create stuff. I see people, you know, mm. <laughs> finding creative, creative ways, useful ways to spend their time. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I see you <laughs> still doing like audition tapes and stuff like that. Cause what caught my attention as of recently is that audition tape that you did and you put it on Facebook first. And it was amazing. Y'all. I can't even fucking lie. Like I, it, you went through so many ranges of emotion in all of what, like three minutes. You went from, you know, <laughs> happiness, excitement to confusion and a, a, a little bit of anger. Then you had your Denzel glory tear. And then, you know, it, it just all it just all came through. Like, how do you as, as an actor, how do you do that? How do you get th- that many range of emotions in that short period of time? Um, the simple answer is believing it. Mm. You know, <laughs> believing it, but that takes practice. <laughs> you right. know, <laughs> to convince yourself that this is real, that this situation is real, these people you're talking to are real, the people you're talking about is real. Mm. You know, that's that's the key, believing it, and the key to believing it is more often than not the writing. Mm. It has to be well written to begin with the material. 
Um, so the, the the better written material is, the easier it is to 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 reach whatever kind of goal you're trying to reach as a, as an actor to execute the script. But it's, it starts with the writing. Um, but with that said, it still takes years and years and years of practice. This isn't something I could have done so easily. 30 years ago or 20 years ago, you know, mm. so you get, you get better with time as you should. Mm. So now the audition tape that you did, that was from a script or that was something that you created? Actually, that was just improvisation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just made that up on the fly. <laughs> on the fly. See, now yeah, the, the mind, man, is so creative. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Cause um, they were there casting directors who were having competitions and or open call auditions. Mm-hmm. Several casting directors were doing that. And during this time, they're at home with nothing to do. Hey, I can look at some actors. Let me see some talent I haven't met before. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was a deadline, and um, you know, you know, I was looking at the clock, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to throw something together real quick. I hadn't prepared anything, so I literally just winged it. My wife got behind the camera. I said, um, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I can't even tell you when to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, so I don't even know when to stop. Mm-hmm. I said, um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Just start, and uh, I don't know where the story is going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, right? I said, I tell you what, you don't have to stop the camera. That's what she always does when I do my auditions. Mm-hmm. I give her a cue, and she stops. I okay. said, this is what she'll know. This here's a script. Here's the last line. That's when you stop. This was improvisation. I said, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. So when I'm done, I'll walk off the camera and you'll know. Mm. Now, and, uh, we did. <laughs> yeah, now I'm even more impressed because to come with that on the okay. fly, just from like years of training and just like either you brought something in from like a previous role or something that you've seen is like, hey, this is where I'm going to go. Even though I don't know where I'm going, I'm going to pull from this. Like, I don't know how the actor brain works, but it's just so damn intriguing. Yeah, it, it probably it can't. It came from some of anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it it came from yeah, a lot of you know, <laughs> who knows where it came from. Right, right, but right. Like like the sum of my life experiences, my mm-hmm. professional experiences, mm-hmm. you know, will allow me to create that story. And um, yeah, we did it once, and and I said something that made no sense. I said, "Stop, let's do it again." You know, right, <laughs> right, right, right. And then and the second time it worked, and mm-hmm. that's the one we used. Just wow. two takes. Wow, man, that's amazing. Yeah, I was literally making up the story as I went with no idea where I was, where, you know, yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, like I said at the beginning, um, I found out about you when I was about 13 years old or so. So um, for everybody listening, um, my mother used to work with Antonio's wife, Taji. And I remember my mother, or it, it was either Taji or, or my mother took, I can't remember. But she, uh, somebody told me about about you. And about uh, a role you had coming up. And I think the first thing I ever saw you in, it was the HBO series. It was a short series. It was it was a, it was it was in Baltimore. I can't remember the name of the shit. It's the something on the tip of the my corner, tongue. the corner, the corner. There you corner, go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you were uh, the main characters like uncle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how'd you get that role? How that role come about? That was um, yeah, a shot in Baltimore. Um, I had a relationship with the casting director. Mm. Um, from, I'm from Virginia. Mm-hmm. I was living in New Jersey, living in New Jersey at the time. Oh, New York. I'm not sure New Jersey or New York. When I, I went to college in DC, I went to Howard. H-U? You know, <laughs> and while I, <laughs> while I was in DC, I 
I met this casting director and, and maintained a relationship with her for many, many years. Mm. So, so when this role came along, she called me for it. Now, so I went down to, mm-hmm. so I went down to Baltimore and auditioned for it. Mm-hmm. Now, how many other people were up for that role? Or do you remember? I have no idea. I have no idea. But okay. it wasn't just me, that's for sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, you say you're from uh, Virginia. Now, what part of Virginia? Surrey County, a small town, country boy. Okay. Right, Surrey County, Virginia. Population about 6,000. Oh, wow. So, how was it growing up there as a kid? Absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Best thing, best thing in the world. I, I wish I could give my daughter the kind of a childhood that I had. Mm. Um, I, of course, I'm in Los Angeles now. I've been in LA for 15 and a half years. I left New York to come move to LA. Mm-hmm. But yeah, growing up in Surrey County, Virginia is the most wonderful thing. Absolutely, at all, almost a fantasy. <laughs> right. Just running, running around outside and running through the woods all day, all year round. Mm-hmm. You weren't allowed in the house. You right. know, just, the house was for eating, sleeping, and bathing. Other than that, get outside. Go get outside, outside and play. play. Yeah, hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. Go, go have that's fun. What, that's what we did, man. Football, just running through the woods, and just yeah, it was it was ideal. It absolutely was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, because like I don't hear a lot of good things about Virginia. That's that's one of the good things I heard about Virginia, like the past maybe ten years or so. Because every time I hear about it, it's like you know, drug sales, it's murders, it's some, it's it's something going on that's not good. So so you're nowhere near like bad news, Virginia. Nothing, nothing like that. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I'm um, again very, very rural, very country town, but we're about for uh, about thirty minutes from Newport News. Okay. You know. Only about a thirty-minute drive from Newport News, but it's, it's um, you know, Newport News isn't a big, big city. It's not like you know, yeah, it's not yeah. a metropolitan area. But compared to Surrey County, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's worlds apart. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, just, it's worlds apart. But no, we none, none of that stuff where I grew up. And Newport News wasn't crazy back then either. You know, okay, and, you know, t- things things are changing everywhere, man. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> You know, but no, Newport News, even then, you know, wasn't that, wasn't, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, but but about 30 minutes from Hampton and Newport News. Okay. Now, growing up in that small town, how'd you get bit by the acting bug? How did you know this is something that you wanted to do? Was it a young age thing? Was it something that you've seen in high school, college, or what? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was always there, man. You know, p- people ask, you know, how did you get into acting? Uh, I said, acting got into me. Hmm. It, um, you know, my, my family has stories about me standing on the kitchen countertop and singing Cool in the Gang mm-hmm. when I was just, you know, just a little bit of kid and doing church plays and reciting poems and stuff that I don't even remember. I don't mm-hmm. recall it, but I could almost see it and visualize it because right. I used to hear these stories from them. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's always been there. You know, when I hear them talk about that, like the performer in me, it was always there. This is just what I'm supposed to do. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm absolutely certain this is what I'm supposed to do in life. Um, at least one of the things I'm supposed to do. Um, but when I got in high school, when I, when I was in fifth grade, I did a play and like, wow, people's, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, mm. but people's response to it, man, the way people responded to me was like, whoa, you know, mm. <laughs> it's like, got wow, something. really? Yeah. They have to, y'all like it. You know, my, you know, my, schoolmates, classmates, everybody, you know, and so when I got in high school, I joined the drama club and uh, same thing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that, that kind of, that kind of love reception, that's, you know, 
It's like, you know, you know, it's like scoring a game winning touchdown, man. Right, right. You know, you get a good performance. If everybody comes to you afterwards and shaking your hand and tell you how great it was, mm. that's addictive. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't like that? <laughs> yeah. So now you, in, in high school, did you take up drama and theater and stuff like yeah, that? I was, yeah, yeah, I was in a drama. We didn't have drama classes, but there was a drama club. Okay. So I, jo- I joined the drama club. It was an after school activity, extracurricular activity. And, um, and we had a really, 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 really good drama club. Um, before I got in high school, they had gone to the state competition for like, I think four or five straight years, mm-hmm. um, consecutive from, from the district competition, then to the regional competition, and then they eventually advanced to the state. Um, but they had done that for at least four years before I got to high school. So I, you know, so when I came in, I was already a part of a, this, this, well-tuned, fine old machine. You know, our drama club and the drama teacher, my former high school drama teacher, mm-hmm. was Mr. Powell. He, he's died since, but Mr. Powell, Wiley Powell is a great teacher um, um, and uh, and an inspiration to me. Mm. Now, so you went to, to Howard, you said, and I'm guessing there you took the theater major. Yeah, I was a theater major, fine arts. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you you're you're there four years now. What what do your parents say when you tell them that you want to become an actor, or or you're studying theater? Uh, my father was always supportive mm-hmm. of everything. My whole family was. That's I've been extremely blessed. Mm-hmm. Extremely blessed. I've never had anybody tell me I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, all I've ever gotten from my family was support and encouragement. I am, um, I'm the youngest of 12. 12? Youngest of the 12. Youngest six, of 12. Six boys and six girls. Wasn't nothing to do in that town? <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Y'all make up most of that population. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, with my brothers, my sisters, my cousins and uncles and aunts and nephews and nieces all i've ever gotten was support mm-hmm. the, the closest thing i've gotten to anything that was negative which wasn't at all was when i said i was going to major in theater one sister one of my older sisters said well you don't have to have a degree in theater to be an actor mm-hmm. why don't you major in communications and minor in acting mm-hmm. that's the closest thing to a negative i ever got in my life oh that's good though Precisely. Right. <laughs> so my, that's why my family very supportive mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Always have been. Always have been. So I've, I've been very, very fortunate. All I've ever heard was, "You can do it. You can do it." Right from everybody. Now, looking back on your college, uh, your college years, do you think you actually needed the schooling, or could you have learned this stuff on your own type of thing? Because because now because um, now the whole thing is like you don't necessarily need college to do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, the game has changed. Yeah. Just to be in the industry and work in the industry, you don't need college. You didn't need it then. Mm-hmm. But to become the type of actor that I aspire to become, you absolutely need that training. Mm-hmm. You need that work. But it doesn't have to come from college. There may be other places you can get that. Mm-hmm. I would say there may be some drama schools, some classes where you can get that. But the skill, the training I got, when I was at Howard, from those marvelous teachers, mm. um, it may be available someplace else. But I don't know where that is. Right, right. And um, but I'm certain. I'm certain there are other places you can get really, really good training because there are other actors who have. You know, mm. um, 
I just don't know in those places. I haven't seen them. Right. I haven't been a part of them. Um, but so, yeah, to be in the industry and work in the industry does not take a college degree mm-hmm. from the business side, but from the artistic side. From the artistic side, yeah. Being an actor, we're talking about, you know, the, 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 the artistic ability, the, the aesthetic, the, the, the craft that mm-hmm. takes training, that takes training, that takes time, that takes learning. It takes practice and, but still it, it doesn't have to happen in a college setting, but Howard was a great place to get it. Right. Right. <laughs> it amazing. It really was. I got some great training and I look at TV and look at film and, and I see actors who clearly didn't get it. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Yeah, it's definitely you a difference. Know? Yeah. You know, um, but then, then, then I left Howard and moved to New York. Mm-hmm. Just that New York city stage, man, just trial and error. That would do it too. Just practice. You know what I mean? Just, Cutting your teeth on the stage in theater, doing live work, that'll get you there too, eventually. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think what you did in that audition tape, the three minutes that I was talking about, do you think that that can be taught or that has to be in you? It can't. It, ah, good question. It absolutely requires some training and skill. There is absolutely technique involved. Like there is technique. Be a storyteller, drive it home. It's, it's, it's a craft. Right. But but the raw ingredients have to be there. Mm. It's not something you can just, you know, most people are just born being able to do. Mm. You know, you know, um, so so there there is an I think an an, an innate talent, but it has to be honed. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it has to be sculpted. Right. You know, someone has to t- t- take that lump of coal and turn it into a diamond, you know? Mm. So so it, it, it's both. It has to be an innate natural talent, but it needs to be guided. It needs to be shaped. It needs to be, you know, somebody's got to work with it to help, you know, yeah, because technique and skill and craftsmanship, that's a part of it too. Right. That comes with time and training and a whole, whole lot of time, a whole mm. lot of effort, a whole lot of training. Right. Right. So now you graduate and you move to New York. Now, what's one of the first things that you do when you get to New York? Are, are you like a starving actor? Or are you taking like, you know, improvisation roles? Are you going to like clubs? Are you doing like theater? What's what's going on when you hit New York? Uh, well, well, I wasn't going to clubs, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> um, I um um I hit the ground running, man. It was all business, all business. One of the first things I did, I went to meet a one of the uh, more notable people in theater in New York City. His name is um, Woody King. Someone had set up an arrangement for me to meet him before I got there. And uh, he helped me to get my my first agent. Um, so uh, meeting him was one of the first things I did. And I just went around, you know, shopping for talent agents, for managers. Uh, well, not managers at the time, but for commercial agents and, and, and TV and film agents. Um I did a lot of background work on TV shows and movies, lots and lots and lots. And I can't even count the hundreds and hundreds of days I spent doing background work over the years mm-hmm. in New York. And even when I first came to L.A. Right. and meeting people, it was a great way to meet people and get information. I learned a lot about the business being an extra, <laughs> just being right. an extra, being in the background and talking with other actors on the sets. I learned a whole lot. Mm. And um, I had friends who were already in New York, friends from college. And, um, yeah, so they, they kind of guided me, too. 
So yeah, I just hit the ground running, just meeting any and everybody I could, and doing everything I could, doing plays, good right immediately. Went into auditioning for plays mm. and finding out how do you find about auditions, how do you hear about auditions, and, and meeting people and yeah, networking, all of that. Okay. Now, what's one of the big roles or major roles that you first got when you were in New York? Um, was it like a play? Everything was... I got, everything I got, felt big and major at the time. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, in retrospect, none of it really was, and you know, what I would call big or major. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all felt like it's the first job I got, and I'd only been there about three months. I booked the job of, um, like a couple of lines. On a, on a, on one of the um, soap operas. Okay. I think it was either All My Children or Days of Our Lives. It feels I Days think of All My Lives. My mother would have lost her mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. It was one of those. I did because I did one episode of both of those when I first got to New York. But this would have been long before I met Ty G and before your mother knew who she was and who I was. Right. Yeah, this would have been before all of that. Several mm-hmm. years before that. But yeah, I did. I think it was, I think it was, it was all my children or days of ours, one of those. But yeah, that was the, the first TV job I got. Mm. That was about three, three months after I got into the city. And I also booked shortly after that, or around the same time, I booked a job on a pilot. I put the pilot episode of a series. The pilot the series was never picked up. Mm. It's called The Prosecutors. It just aired as a two hour, a two hour movie on NBC, mm. a two hour television movie on NBC called The Prosecutors. And I had a role in that. I worked on that several days. Had uh, I think maybe three scenes in it. Mm. Um, so that 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 like that, that was a big deal. The mm. show didn't get picked up, and I don't think that my character would have been a part of it even if it had gotten picked up. Right. But that you know, that was a two-hour NBC movie pilot, and um, yeah, that that was that was exciting. Okay. Now, and all that happened right away. Right away. Like I said, within like three, four months of be arriving into New York. That's from you knowing people in in networking, or it's just like luck. That's just no, that's just hustle. Yeah, just hustle. the hustle, hustle. And, you know, and the grace of God. Yeah, grace of God. Okay. Now, also while you're in New York, you also meet your now wife Taji, right? Yes. Now I kind of I like I I vaguely remember the story of how y'all met and like some smooth shit that you did. Like, how did y'all meet? <laughs> <laughs> um. I was living in New York, in Brooklyn. She was living in Louisiana, her home, mm-hmm. in Bat- Baton Rouge. She came there to visit her girlfriend in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Her best friend from college lives in Connecticut. She came to visit her. They came down to New York, just doing a touristy thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the day after Thanksgiving. It's 1998, the day after Thanksgiving. I was at Sylvia's Soul Food. And good man, you remember days. Good man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's easy because it was the day after day, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and me and my roommate at the time didn't get to go home for Thanksgiving. He, he, yeah, we were like, where can we go to get some some good eating? So hey, Sylvia's. So that's where we went. Right. Um. But yeah. But uh, we went there eating, and she walked in, and the rest is history. Mm. Um. I saw her, and I and I I couldn't eat anymore. I literally stopped eating. I didn't eat anything else, which in and of itself is I, I cannot possibly exaggerate how major that is. Mm. Anybody who knows me, <laughs> know that I literally could not eat anything else. Especially at Sylvia's. Um, I've been to Sylvia's. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what was on my plate. I just know I didn't eat any more of it. I was right. so captivated. Mm. And now, uh, so I sent her. I sent her a note 
by the waiter and the waiter sent her a note says uh it says dear sweet sister you are so beautiful is there any chance that we might be friends <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah and uh she's like who is that the waiter told her who it was and she saw me and i i kind of wait you know gestured like can i come over and she said yeah mm. and i did and, and here we are all these years later here y'all are That's <laughs> we've been married uh, got married in 2001 so it'll be 19 years in july wow that's amazing man kudos to you man (laughs) (laughs) now um when you told her that you were an actor what was her response um oh you know you know raise eyebrow curiosity the Mm. same response i'll expect even today for most southerners Mm. who hear that i mean people who live in la and new york whatever (laughs) it's all around yeah but People in most of the country in the Midwest and down south, and they don't meet the actors like for real. That's what you do for a living. Mm. That's you know interesting. So her response was, "Oh wow, really interesting." You know, kind of like that. Okay. So now you guys start dating, and then now, at what point do you decide to leave New York? Um, it's <laughs> funny. So yeah, so we got married. So just as you moved, yeah, we got we were married and living in New Jersey. Okay. Um, in 2004, they did a raisin in the sun on Broadway, mm. starring P. Diddy. I remember that. I auditioned for that play. I went through what they call an open call, mm. um, equ- equity open call. I, mean, I didn't get my agent didn't get me an audition. They just had these open calls where people line up in the streets at six and seven o'clock in the morning, hundreds of us actors trying mm. to get in to be seen by we don't even know who's in the room that we're going to see. Mm. Um, so anyway, I didn't get the job. Uh, I was listening for you know any role in that in that production. Mm. You know, P Diddy, Felicia Rashad, Sanaa Lathan, um, you know, all, just a all, all bunch of names. Yeah, a bunch of heavy. Anywho, names. um, I, so that was in January of '04, if I'm not mistaken, when the audition happened. Mm. And I saw that production later in the summer, uh, summer or spring. I forget sometimes, you know, the, the, the dates and months might be off, but the long and short of it is, mm. you know, it really bothered me that P. Diddy was on Broadway. No, it bothered everybody because he shouldn't have been you know? there. <laughs> like, yeah. that, like, that was our, I, that was that was my one because I was like, P. Diddy ain't never acted in his fucking life. Or, or, or yeah, if he has, it, it's it been like, like one movie where it's like, all right, it's Diddy, so you got to put him in there. Yeah, I, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, um, and I went to see it. Mm. And, um, <laughs> and I said, then it's time to go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait so did he made you that angry that you said yo fuck the east coast we just moving to the sun we just moving out west pretty, pretty, well you know he was the straw that broke the camel's back it wasn't oh, okay. just that All right. he, was the, he was the nail in the coffin for New, right. for New York for me Right. right. at that time if you recall you may recall I don't know you, you were younger but at that time actors were complaining black actors that rappers were taking all our film and TV roles yeah it was a lot of DMX you know, LL Will Smith LL yeah. Ice T Ice Cube Queen Latifah Will I mean the love yeah, of list goes on most death who's better than most yeah most death still you know still but you know all these rappers we were complaining about actors taking our film and TV jobs but that New York City stage was sacred mm. They might be on film and TV, but you don't step foot on New York City stage right. unless you know what you're doing. Right, right. And then they put most deaf on stage with Don Cheadle mm. and and um Jeffrey Wright. 
and mm. Top Dog Underdog. And slowly I started to see rappers on stage. And again, most Def is better than he's a lot better than most of these these uh Yeah, most Def got into rapping so he can so he can act. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he I mean, you know. Um but still, I mean and truth be told, they are in New York City. Yeah. There are there are whole, there's a whole lot of black actors yeah, who could right. have done you know what I mean? I mean, you know, it just this is real. Um, and I actually later worked with most Def on another. H- okay, I actually worked with him on an HBO show, um, a film, something the Lord made. He and I worked together on that. I remember that, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We were in a scene together. Something, you know, that was some time later. Uh, I'm not even sure which came first, but anyway, the point of it is, fine. TV and film is one thing. We get it. You want proper faces, but New York City stage, New York City theater in general, uh-huh. but Broadway in particular, no, you didn't do that. And I saw, yeah, they did that. <laughs> right, right. They just going with popular names and faces for the stage. There's no reason for me to be here. Mm. You know? I mean, why am I here in New York City trying to do theater if this is where they're going? Yeah. And that's the way they went. Mm. And they've been going that way ever since. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right. You know? You know, I'm like, yeah, time to go. It's, yeah, I'm bowing out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That's crazy. That was it. That was, so that would be, so the, 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 the tone, the die had already been cast. Mm. You know, you know, rappers are taking out jobs, but not on the stage. You know, one by one, they started to put popular people on stage too. And P. Diddy was like, "That's it. I'm done. I'm out for real." Mm. I saw that show when I came home from my white home leaving. I'm leaving. Just going to L.A. Either either you in or you out, but baby, I'm leaving. Now, when you get to L.A., is it is is the scene harder to crack in L.A. than it is New York? Because, like, I would say it's more opportunities in LA but it's just like there's more people also in LA trying to yeah um oh, yeah, yeah so I, I understand the question overall you know regarding film and TV yeah it is easier in LA overall it is um there are a whole lot more people for sure but there's still a whole lot more opportunities too uh-huh. there's a lot of there's a lot of you know really really big expensive huge production TV and film and then there's a whole slew of independent films. Some have big budgets, some have no budgets at all. Mm. There's student films. There's just so many ways to, to get your feet in the water, you know? Mm. Yeah. And um, in New York, it felt like, because there were so few roles. And we, we had New York, I mean, for, for young black actors, I was in my like, 20s at the time. Right. You know? Um, there was New York Undercover. And, you know, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a, there a couple of other shows, but, we were all, all competing for the same little, you know, um, it's like the pie, everybody couldn't get a slice of the pie. Right. It just wasn't big enough. It mm. just wasn't. Everybody, you, we, we could not all work. We just couldn't. It, there wasn't enough. You know, just my friends, the people I knew, never mind the hundreds and thousands I didn't know. Right. It just wasn't enough work for everybody. Mm. In LA, the pie was big enough for everybody to get a slice. Oh, okay. There's enough going on where everybody can be doing something. Even with all these people here, there's so much going on. They're so busy with film and TV that everybody can be doing something. Mm. So, so overall, it, it is it is easier in LA. It's better it's for film and TV work for sure. So in the end, you feel like you made the right move. Well, I ain't in the, I ain't got to the end yet. The time will right. tell. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if if we gotta pick either I, LA or New York, so, yeah. So far, I don't I don't regret making a move. Okay, that's for sure. <laughs> I okay. don't regret it at all. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. um, what's the first acting gig that you get when you get to LA? 
That's a good question. I don't even know, man. <laughs> That's a really good question. I genuinely can't remember. Mm. And the reason is because there's been so much more stuff. There's been so much more that's just like... I can recall my first two jobs in New York. Mm. And they happened, you know, maybe 10 years earlier. You understand? Right, right, right. <laughs> you understand? You know, I remember they were like, you know, that was, um, yeah, I moved to New York in October of 95. And I was working those, you know, like February, March of 96. Mm. I remember that very distinctively. I moved to L.A., in December of 04, so nine years. Mm. Um, 04, and I got here. So, and sometime in 05, I don't even know what my first job was, man. Mm. Damn. Got so much going yeah. on. Just like, hey, I'm working. Yeah, that's, it's, that's, it's all I never, I never, nobody's asked me that. I've been here in LA 15 and a half years. Nobody's ever even asked me that. I never thought about it. <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> with um, Hollywood shut down right now because of the coronavirus, how has that affected you in your in your career? Yeah, it absolutely. Well, it has affected me. Well, first of all, the whole industry is shut down. Yeah, whole, <laughs> that's yeah, the first thing. yeah, everything's done right now, but you know, you know, you yeah. don't know when it's going to open up again, though. Right, right. So no work, no work. Um, um, it affected me in a more direct way because I was, I did a guest star on Fox series, The Orville, Seth MacFarlane series. Oh about yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Played an alien. Yeah, he was an alien, alien dude. Yeah, he used the brown alien. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they called my character back. Oh, okay. To do another episode. Huh. Um. So my guest star from a couple of years ago would now be a recurring role. Oh um, shit. You know, you know, you know, two weeks recurring. You know. Okay. <laughs> so and maybe they'd call me back sometime in the future. They still may. I don't know. But I was scheduled to shoot that on March twenty third. Oh wow. Yeah, March twenty third. I supposed to shoot, so you know, um, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> I time. got the script. Yeah, got the script. I had the work day and blah blah blah, and the week before. Uh huh. So when LA said nobody come out the house, no lights out. So so it, it impacted me very directly in that way, and a lot we saw it coming. The Corona thing was already happening, uh-huh. and we knew we knew it was coming. I just kept not telling my wife. We were praying. We were hoping, fingers crossed. Don't let them shut this city down until after I shoot this. Don't mm. let me, you know, right, let, right, right. Let me, let me, let me get this under the can first. So I get that check. You get that yeah, exactly. Well, but, get um, them checks. Yeah, but um, yeah, they they shut it down before we got. It, so I didn't get to shoot that. Mm. Um, so that's you know that's another way that it directly impacted me. I, you know, a, a spe- you know a specific bona fide job that I was going to shoot when um that I didn't get to shoot. Um but I, I expect that whenever the industry opens up again, you know, they'll just we'll just pick up where we left off and that this job isn't lost. It's just been delayed. It's just been, yeah, it's just been delayed. So I, I, I expect that when they say, hey, we're back to normal, we're shooting, production is up again, film, T V, commercials is all going on, I get a call like, yeah, so next Thursday. You know what I mean? Uh uh-huh. so I expect that'll be my first job when we industry so at least I have you know, something happening um, that I know is going to happen, that I expect mm-hmm. will still happen once they open things back up. So, it's, again, it's um, the good news is it's, it's just a delay, I imagine. Mm-hmm. They're going to still do the show. <laughs> They're going to still shoot every episode that they wrote, do things the way they had, they already planned. They're just going to do it later. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you go about preparing for a role? Like, how do you, like, like what's the process of creating a character? I don't have a specific process 
it depends again on the writing. Mm. Some things take more effort than other. Yes, some things come more naturally to me. Mm. Some things are easier for me. So, um, so with this reoccurring character that you have on this show, where you play like an alien, but it's it's not, you know, it doesn't take itself too serious. Where you have to, you know, we 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 have, to, I, I guess, the room to play around a little bit. How do you? Yeah, but that, that's one thing. Yeah, they, yeah, they absolutely allowed. There's a there's a lot of freedom mm. as an actor. A lot of freedom. Um, and again, this is just be the second when I do this. God willing, I still do it. It'll just be the second second time I've done it. Second, you know, episode I've done of the show. Mm. But when I did it, the director said to me, "It was it was like a, it was a courtroom scene, yeah, on another on another planet." But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know. I mean, and, and, and the director said to me, uh, "He said, just feel free to do blah blah blah. Just, if you feel like blah blah blah, just you know, he said, just uh, just just like this is your room, like you." When when you when you when you're talking, it's it's, it's yours. It's just it's just just take command of the room. Okay. And you don't say that to a stage actor, right? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like word. You're, you're gonna be free range to do whatever. I watch this for real. I can just do what I want to do. Right. Right. <laughs> when you say take control, take command, that's what you do on stage. Right. Okay? You, I mean, you have a captive audience, and yeah, all eyes on me. You're like word. And so it, this this production felt like theater because he let me do what I wanted to do. Um, and so I crossed where I wanted to cross. I sat where I wanted to sit when I stood, when I wanted to stand. I looked at who I wanted to look at. I'm talking to a, a witness on the stand, but I turned my back to her while I'm talking to her. Mm. I'm walking to the jury, talking to the jury. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm walking towards the jury, looking at the jury members in the high, but talking to her with my back turned to you. All those little choices, man, I just... You know, and he came and he, once he saw that I knew what I was doing, uh-huh. he was really happy and excited. <laughs> the right. director was also executive producer, one of the executive producers of the show, uh-huh. or producers. It? But he came to me, he came, he went to the, uh, the camera people, he's like, because he had all these cameras set up with all these different shots. Right. He told him, okay, just go handheld, just follow him. Just follow, yeah. <laughs> like, just follow him. Where he, I mean, that's the kind of freedom that you love as an actor. Mm. Like, like we had a shot list. We're going to shoot you from this angle and that, and on this line cross here and on that line cross there. That's the kind of direction and instruction you're accustomed to. But when he saw that I could take control the way I did, mm. he said, just follow him. Mm. Like, you know, I, I can go wherever I wanted to go. He said, just follow him. Right, right. You know, they, you know, they set up lights in certain spots because they want you here at point A on, you know, at this point in the script. They want you on this spot, on this line. They want you on this spot in that line. They set the lights up with that way. He said, never mind all that. Just oh, follow him right. where he goes. And they adjusted the lights and adjusted the cameras based on what I did. Yeah, taking control. And and that's that's wonderful because you don't get that. And you juxtapose that to I did a guest star in Grey's Anatomy, mm. where I played a grieving husband sitting by my wife's bedside. I saw that one too. Um, yeah, and um, at the audition, I boohooed like a baby. I brought them the tears. Mm. They and um and you know you did your thing when they watch actor after actor. After actor, after actor. There were a lot of, when I, that's all this I remember. There were a bunch of us in there when I got there. Uh-huh. And there were people who came before me who had left. Of course, the people came after me. But mm-hmm. they had seen, I don't know how many dozens of people do this very same monologue. But when I did it, it brought them to tears. Yeah, yeah. They were like, whoa, we weren't, we weren't expecting that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we weren't ready for that. Like, wow. Like, they've been seeing all these people do it, but you blew us away. Mm-hmm. So I get the job, get on set, and I, and I do it that way. All day, take after take after take after take after take. That same way, I do what got me the audition. 
And at the 11th hour, like literally like the last three or four takes, the director said, okay, now pull back some, give me a little less. Great. Okay. Pull back some more, mm-hmm. a little less. So the, the, the real sobbing and boo-hooing went to just, you know, kind of a, a more subtle one tier type thing. Uh-huh. Um, whether that was a better choice, you know, as a matter of opinion, I don't think it was. But the point is that at the end of the day, it wasn't my choice. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> my yeah. choice was to do the audition. Yeah, right, right. My choice would have done all day long on the set. The thing that they applauded me for and said it was great. They, they, one of the show's producers said, wow, we're so lucky to have you. Wow. Just watching me doing what I do. The director kept giving me thumbs up. Crew member came to me and said, man, we get a lot of guest stars on this show. You're amazing. And blah, blah, blah. Doing it the way I did it, the audition, doing it the way I chose to do it. And at the last minute, literally like the last three or four takes, he said, bring it back, bring it back. I don't know why. But the point was, that wasn't my choice. Mm. As opposed to, that's why we still enjoy stuff like the Orville, when everything I did mm. was my choice. He gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do. And the same was true on House of Lies. I had a recurring role on House of Lies on Showtime with uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, uh, T.I. was on that, too. Right. I played one of his homies slash bodyguard, part of his entourage. He had, like, three dudes that he took everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, it was T.I. and Mikai Pfeiffer. But same thing on that show. Nobody instructed me. He didn't give me any directions as an actor. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that was, so it's good when you get that opportunity. Now, when you're doing roles like this where you have to show that high level of emotion and then they yell cut, is it hard to not take that role home with you? And, like, like what's the process of, like, shedding that role and getting back to you and not bringing that home and having that be in your subconscious somewhere? Um, That's a good question. <clears throat> I've never had that problem. If I did or if I do, I'm not aware of it. Okay. Maybe you should ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think I have that issue. Uh-huh. They're, they're, the actors who do that, they say it's because they are method actors. Okay. They say it's the, it's the particular type of training that they got mm. that makes it hard to let go. And that's never been my experience. Okay. You know? Like, you know, I'm crazy. My character's crazy, so I come home acting crazy. My character's sad, so I come home sad and despondent and depressed. And I've never had that experience. And if I did, I wasn't aware of it. But those who do have that experience, they say it's because of their technique. You know, there's, there's, again, there's craft to this. There are different ways. Different, people have different ways of learning, different methods of acting. And mm-hmm. method acting is one of those methods. And and some method actors say that's what happens to them. It's hard to let go. But that's yeah, I, I've never done that. Okay. Now, to my knowledge. To your knowledge, right. Now, are there any roles that you won't take? Oh, uh, yeah. Anything that I find um, is that about the character. I'll portray any kind of character. Uh-huh. So I guess the answer is no, there's not a role I won't take because I don't care about the the role, the character itself isn't the issue. It's the project uh-huh. overall. You know what I mean? Right, right. It, 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 it is the project something I don't want to be a part of. And there are absolutely things that I just don't want to be a part of. Mm. Even if my particular character is a nice guy. So hypothetically, if the film, the TV show, the the, the, the stage play itself is something that I find offensive as a black man. Right. 
offensive as a child of God, as a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Offensive as my daddy's son, the right. son of James. You know what I mean? If it's something that goes against my values, my ethics or something, I don't want to be a part of it. Even if the character I'm portraying is a good guy. And conversely, if the, mm. the, the film itself is a great film with a great message, with some socially redeeming value, I'll gladly be in it. Even if my character is an absolute horrible person. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My character could be the most negative. I mean, you can tell the greatest story ever told, you know, you know, as, as they call it, you know, the, you know, about the crucifixion, whatever. Somebody's got to put the nails in his hand. Right, you know right, what I mean? right, right, right. <laughs> you, know, you, you can't even tell that story without somebody. Somebody's got to, Somebody's got to whip him. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I don't mind being the negative character, uh, for lack of a better expression. You know, most simply stated, a negative, negative character. Mm. Um, so long as the overall message or theme of the film or the project is something that I can go along with. Um, but in truth, I find myself compromising a lot over the years. Not so much right now. Uh, but a lot of times, man, you just got to, <sighs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Shock. Because yeah, we we all yeah, yeah you sell out to some degree man you do when you need the money you got you know, it's like ha you know <laughs> yeah it's, it, I mean we we all have those times man because like I I've heard the story before where uh Will Smith he has he had, he was just getting into acting and he did that movie I think it's six degrees of separation or something like that yeah, seven degrees yeah. and then he played a gay man and then he got some advice from uh Denzel because I guess Will Smith had a kissing scene and Denzel yeah. told him don't kiss that man that'll ruin your career you'll never get work again mm-hmm. and then they shot it at an angle where it looked like he did it but he didn't really do it so it was right. like if he would have did that would we get, would we have the Will Smith that we have today um my answer is Denzel absolutely right especially at that time right now it may not have mattered but that was at least that's probably 25 years ago at yeah, least 20 yeah, yeah. At least twenty, probably twenty-five years ago. At that time, no, he wouldn't be no sex symbol kissing a man. Yeah, exactly. With his, with, you know, with his tongue down another man's throat. No, nah, that wouldn't happen. Denzel told the right thing. Yeah, but then, but then it it in, in comes the point of if you want to be a serious actor, you have to be able to portray, I guess, all roles would be very diverse. Yeah. So if that's yeah, one of the roles, movie. go ahead. Yeah, people say that they can have themselves to it. You know, right? You know, the truth is, I, I think anybody who says that is probably lying. There are things we all wouldn't do. You know what I mean? I think that's the simple truth. Um, but if you're talking about roles, you know, so I would see that's about turning down roles. But there, I, you know, there are actually some things I won't do. Kissing a man is one of them. I, okay. I, it's not that, and it's not even, it's not that something I wouldn't choose to do. It's something I cannot do. Yeah, right, right. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> it's something I cannot do. Right. Um, I can hold, I can hug a brother. Yeah, you can you know hug, I mean? I you just, know, embrace, I can you know. brother on the cheek. Yeah, right. You know, right. you talking about swap and spit? Nah. Tongue in the mouth? That's something I cannot do. Mm. Ain't even a choice. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it'd be like asking me to, you know, I'm, I'm playing abusive, an abusive spouse. I don't mind that character, but you're asking me to hit this woman for real? I right. cannot do that. Right. You understand me? It's not even a choice. It's something I cannot do. Yeah, and then it's like, um, how do you so, explain that to your family? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. it's a role, but, you know, it's kind of hard to yeah. get that image out your head. You know, I mean, I mean, but I'm saying, but if they would ask you to actually hit it, to actually do it, yeah, you can make things look like, you know, there's there's things combat. But if they ask me to actually hit her, the way they ask me to actually ask actors to actually kiss another person, yeah, it's like, nah, I can't do um, that, brother. Nah, nah, yeah, nah, you know. (laughs) So that's something I wouldn't do. You mentioned that, but that's yeah, that's one thing. 
right. would not do. Got you, got you. Now, has um, that... Full, okay. full nudity. Again, that's something I wouldn't do either. No. Under so, any circumstance. Like, full nudity? Nah, I couldn't do that. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, so, so now you know what Antonio won't do. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, has there ever been a time where you got beat out for a role and then found out who got it and was like, okay, I kind of understand. I get it. Once. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, I get it. Okay. Um, Him? All right. Um, cool. Um, in fact, I just, uh, two nights ago, I watched an episode of a television show that I auditioned for earlier this year, a guest star in an episode of a show, and I didn't get it. Uh-huh. And I watched it purposely about a week ago, a week or so, about a week or more, just over a week ago. I went on IMDb. I looked at my old emails to find the exact title of the episode. I figured it must be airing sometime around now. So I found the exact title of the episode. Right. I looked at my old audition information to find it. And then I Googled it on IMDb and found, oh, it's airing next week. Coincidence, you know? Not a coincidence, because I got figured it must have been somewhere around this time. Yeah, but yeah. I, I wanted that role. I wanted that role. And I looked to see who they hired. And, um, yeah, my experience is always it never makes any sense. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Right. It's got nothing to do with the other t- actors' ability or, or talent. It's just they pick people for reasons that got nothing to do with nothing. You know. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. You know, and that's true for the jobs I get. I've gotten jobs and wonder why in the world they cast me. I just I, I ain't want to. I ain't gonna say that, but. <laughs> it's happened recently. Right. It's happened recently. I won't say anything more about it. <laughs> okay, all right. So I just but I, I, I literally I've booked jobs and wondered why me. I'm saying there's no rhyme or reason. Uh-huh. So I don't reject the jobs I get because I don't know why they didn't why they chose me, mm. and I don't get too bent out of shape about the ones I didn't get. And so there's no there really isn't man. It's just you never know why they pick people. They pick people for reasons that got nothing to do with nothing. Mm. And stuff, stuff you have no control over. Too young, too old, too light, too dark, too heavy, too skinny. You know, your mommy and my ex. You know, right. you know, literally, they, they get all kinds of reasons for not picking people, right. and for why they do pick people that have nothing to do with your ability or anything that you can you can you can control. Uh-huh. So yeah, um, so looking at other actors and say, so, yeah, I get it. No, actually, yeah, I've never looked and see. Yeah, I see why they chose them and not me. I've never done that. Okay, I don't see the reason why. But without having seen it, there was one play. I'll tell you, I auditioned for a play when I first got out here, and I didn't get it. And I heard who they cast. It is a name actor. It is someone who's absolutely more, you know, better known, more well known. Uh Um, but they're also very talented too. So I said, I can see that. I get it, yeah. Um, and I, I didn't go see the play. I know people who did and thought they did. That person did a wonderful job. Right. I have no doubt that they did. And I have no doubt I'd have done even better. Yeah, right, right. But, um, and the casting director thought so too. I'll say this. Okay. It, it was for Fences, a stage production of Fences. This okay. Is, you know, long before they did the film with Denzel. Right, right. And, and, and Viola. This was Larry Fishburne and Angela Bassett did a stage oh, version. Okay. Stage production here in LA. That's when I first got here. That would have been my first job. That would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one I would have remembered. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it would have been the first or not, but it was very, very, very early on after I got here. Um, it wasn't long. I hadn't been here very long at all. But, um, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I went in for that at least three times. I think four. 
And the casting director was really pulling for me. The casting director wanted me to have it because he believed in my talent and thought I was the best person for the job. At the last audition, it was just me and Fishburne in the room. So you so so you supposed to be Troy? No, 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 not, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I was listening for the the um the the uh the the brother who has a disability. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, um, the, the role that Michael T. Williamson played in the film. Okay, Gabriel. Okay, okay, okay. Gabe, Gabe. Yeah, the yeah, the um the brother with the um disability, and so it was me and Fishburne. Uh, but anyway, I said all that to say, I went in at least three times. I think four. And the last time was me, I was really close to it. But in the lobby, there were all these names and recognizable faces. Uh-huh. All these actors you see. And, and, and not just rapper, not just actors. Heavy D was there, too. Heavy D? <laughs> Heavy D was on this thing. God I learned ra- that Heavy God D. Goddamn rappers is following Heavy, you, man. Yeah. Heavy D and Fishburne were best of friends. I learned that out later. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and that um, Heavy D had been in a play that Fishburne had produced like a year or two earlier or something. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, um, all all black faces you've seen from TV and film. And the casting director followed me out after my audition, after me and Fishburne went and did what we did uh-huh. in the audition. He followed me out into the lobby where all these other actors did. And the casting director said to me, that was a great audition. And he wasn't whispering. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I think he just giving me an obligatory. Yeah, 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 yeah. An obligatory. He said, no. He, he said, no. He looked at me and he said, no. He said, I don't know what these people are going to do, but I want you to know. That was a great audition. Wow. I understood then I wasn't going to get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean he, he was saying, they're going to go with one of these names and one of these faces. Yeah, you you but did, you did, you did awesome, but we got to go but with you did who's your put thing. butts in the you made, Exactly. You made me look good. I insisted on bringing you in here, and you made me look good. Right. They're going to go with one of these people, but they see you. They know who you are now. Yeah. And that be the same thing. I didn't get that job. They had, they had this is the one where they hired somebody else who was a name, but who was also very talented. I heard did a phenomenal job. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was Orlando Jones. Oh wow! Yeah, and if you don't know, people all know him for like Drumline or you know, a couple, you know, he's a you'd never know it if you don't know it. <laughs> he's no, a very talented actor. Now Orlando Jones is like, like, <laughs> I, like, like I love Orlando Jones, especially what he did yeah. on the, what the hell is the name of that show? Um, the modern log he had on that show. Oh my God. I can't think of the shit right now, but it'll, it'll come back to me when I'm not even recording. Yeah. But again, but at that time, most people didn't know, you know, I said most people now still may not know. American guys. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah, that was right. That's, that's one time where I heard somebody got, and I'm like, okay, cool. I see why. Even yeah, but I right, never right. actually saw his work. I never actually saw it though. I didn't get to see the show. I didn't, I didn't have enough money to go see it. Uh-huh, you're right. <laughs> now, um, are actors allowed to be starstruck? Um, you can be, but you can't act like it. Okay. So, yeah, so, so if, if you are. <laughs> so if you see if you somebody have, that like you heavily influenced you, you can't just be like, you know, all googly eyed um, and shit, you, but. Well, I, I suppose you can on the street. If, if you if you see him at the grocery store, yeah, but if it's an audition, if it's an audition, yeah, if it's on the set, yeah, if we at work, no, professional setting, yeah, yeah, if it's a professional setting, that's a that's a quick way to lose your job. Yeah, de- definitely, like a hundred percent. You better you better act like you you think you're their you know colleague or a peer or equal or something, right? You know, um, um, yeah, because yeah, you can't yeah you can't can't do that. You can't be googly eyed and 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 be hired. Right, right. Um, unless maybe you're female and you're dealing with an older gentleman who's, you know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. 
But then, that might endear you to them. That might get you work. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, um, I mean, you know, the whole Me Too movement. I don't, I don't think y'all want to try that. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Now, now um, well, speaking of the Me Too movement, right? So that whole thing that happened with Terry Crews, right? Now, I just want to ask your personal opinion. You don't have to answer it. You can tell me to shut up whenever you want, right? <laughs> so now, a man as big as Terry Crews, right? He... This this happens to him out of nowhere, doesn't know what to do. His his initial reaction is, I want to do something violent, but I know I'll be blackballed for the rest of my career. Now, in that situation, would you, I guess, either react and have your dignity intact, or would you have to think twice? It was like, this is my livelihood. I can't outwardly do anything. Like, if this was Antonio in that situation. Man, that's a foolishness. <laughs> that's a, please, man. I, I'm like, the, the reason I asked because... Well, I, I, my, I mean, my honest, honest... I hear that story, man. According to what he said, not any, not any reasons from anybody else, but based on his version of events. Mm, right. And... My question is, because I cannot, I can't, anything might happen. I can't imagine anybody I know, and certainly anybody I don't know, walking up to me and grabbing my crotch, putting their hands between my legs. Right. I can't even imagine that. And my question is, what is it about you that made this fool Think he could do that? I can't imagine the gayest gay man on the drunkest day doing that to me, and not expecting to get his teeth knocked out of his mouth. That, I can't even imagine it. Like it's so many questions to be asked. Is that you know why would you be so comfortable to do that to a man that big? What why, don't you know that would, we don't would, know? Would, you know, and 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 I guess it is if this were if you want to make the comparison between women, it's like this is victim blaming, this is victim shaming. Right. It's like when women when women gets attacked, you would say. Why would you? How did you? Why you know? You yeah. don't blame the victim. You don't. That's, blame, I'm that's sorry. never what I, we want to do. We never want a victim. Yeah, blame but I, victim I'm shame. sorry. As a man, I wonder what is it about you? Because I, mean, I ain't never had nobody put their hands on me. No, we can all be sympathetic, but but we but as men or as humans, we we all just have that question. Like, what made that man feel so comfortable? Would be like, hey, I'm so either I'm so powerful and I have money, I have pull in this town, white privilege, whatever the case. What made you that comfortable Dude, yeah. to make you think you could I do, do. We, we We are all, not just me, we are all surrounded by men who are gay, men who are, they're, they're white, they're black, they're Jewish, they're young, they're old, they're directors, they're producers, they're actors, they're agents, they're all these things. And they don't go around grabbing brothers between legs, man. I don't. Hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I've yo, never heard that before. I'm here with you, but I'm just saying, Terry <laughs> Crews, what happened, man? Like, it's like, yo, if you, yeah. because that would be, you know. Hey, and then well, and in front of your wife. It's in, it, yeah, that, man. That, that, and I, I got a witness. That is an absolute license to choke the life out of somebody. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> you know, like how they say in jail, you know, if you, when you want to, you know, represent yourself where you want to like you know make yourself known you just knock out the biggest dude or whatever so <laughs> you you go into Terry like it don't get no no like stature wise it, it don't get no bigger than him so it's yeah. like if I could do that to him guess who else you know might fall under I, that same umbrella yeah I, I, I can say this I can't imagine why they did it to him or I can only imagine why anybody would do that to him mm. but I know they wouldn't do it to just anybody 
Fact. I know that I can assure you the same dude wouldn't do that to just anybody. Right. I wonder why he thought he could get away with that with you. And he was right. He did get away with it. Because you right. kept your mouth shut for about a year. Right. Preposterous. I honest, I can say it unashamedly, unrepentantly, unapologetically. It's preposterous that you would let somebody do that to you in front of your wife and say nothing for a year. That's weak. Hey. I don't care who doesn't like it. That is incredibly weak. Hey, so... We gonna get off this because I want you to get more work, brother. So we so so we just gonna move on. <laughs> Whatever, bro. <laughs> Whatever. Now, um, so something that surprised me that I didn't know about is when I went to the movies and I was watching Bumblebee and I just happened to see you in it, and I was like, oh shit, that's Antonio. Like I, I know about him. Like I didn't know he was gonna be in this movie. Like I don't remember seeing like the post of you announcing it or nothing like that. How did that come about? Yeah, that's an interesting story, man. I didn't have an agent at the time. I had a manager. Uh-huh. My manager said, hey, casting called me about this film called Brighton Falls. These big budget films, they don't give you the real name. They use makeup, they use make-believe names. Okay. So you don't even know what it is you're auditioning for. Okay. It's a film called Brighton Falls. It's a $75 million budget, which was also a lie. The budget was much bigger Way than bigger than that, yeah. Um, <laughs> um um, and, um, they won't tell me, they won't give me, they won't give me the, the, uh, the audition material. They say they'll only send it to you. I'm not allowed to see it. Uh-huh. Top secret stuff, man. That's, that's why they treat these big productions, you know, Transformers type, you know, Black Panther, these Marvel type things. It's all, you know, big budget, they top secret. They keep everything. Everything tight. You know, it. yeah, because they are, there's a world full of these little nerds who love to get hold of stuff and spoil it. Right, right. You right. know, <laughs> you know, you got to protect it from those people. Definitely. You got nothing better to do than, you know, than to than than give away these spoils and ruin it for everybody else. Mm. <clears throat> so in the end, I didn't know what the film was. My manager didn't know what the film was. They had a fake name, a fake budget. They told me it was, um, they wouldn't let her see the audition. She didn't submit it before. Casting called her and requested me. The casting director called and requested me. Mm. She, she said, I don't know what it is. She said, so when you get it, let me know. I said, yeah, tell her, send it to me. They emailed it to me. It was like two lines off camera. Literally, a mechanic under the car with two lines, literally. Uh-huh. And you don't, even, you don't even see him. I told my manager what it was. She apologized profusely. She said, I had no idea what it was. Like I said, I didn't submit you for this. I didn't try to get you this audition. They called and requested you. Uh-huh. Casting did. And I'm so sorry. Um, long story short, in the end, it wound up being more than just two lines. You know, it was a couple of scenes, short scenes. And I was on camera. And it was a good look, you know, you know, in the end. And it was Transformers. Uh, but they did all that to keep it secret and also <laughs> to pay your lessons, I guess. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. you know, if, if you know you're in the Transformers movies, a lot of us might tend to ask for a little bit more, knowing their budget. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> um, so I think they did that to, to keep things on the wrap and also to, to not have to pay as much as they probably should have paid. But that, and I went through the audition, there was just me. Mm. I looked at, I walked in, there was nobody else. There was only me. I'm looking at the call, you walk in, you have to sign in, I'm looking at the sign in sheet to see who came before me. Mm. There was nobody. Nobody. <laughs> it was just me. So in the end, my guess is it was written as just a couple lines off screen. This is just a guess. I have no idea. Mm. And the director says something like, we don't see this person. We just hear the voice. Ooh, give me somebody with a nice voice. 
Uh-huh. And the casting said, ah, I know somebody. I'm just guessing. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> this is me using my imagination as to why they would, the casting director would call and request me for this when my agent did. In fact, not only did my agent not submit me for it, they did not audition people for it. I'm sorry. There were no auditions. Mm. They have, um, they have what we use, what they call the breakdowns, where they put the auditions out on the breakdowns. That's for agents and managers to see what roles are available and then to submit their talent for it, submit their actors for it. Mm. This never came on the breakdowns. She said, this role didn't appear on the breakdowns. So it wasn't something I could have submitted before. Uh-huh. They just called. So it looked like it was just a couple of lines, just the voice. <clears throat> and the casting says, I know somebody with a great voice. That's what it looks like to me. Mm. But, you know, so I got the job. I, at the audition, there was nobody else. If they maybe have seen other people hours before me or hours after me or maybe on another day. Mm-hmm. My guess is my, the cast director just chose me and wanted me to have that. Um, just, just God's favor, man. And we're not like the best of friends. Mm. It's cast director. It's not somebody I ever hung out with. <laughs> Nothing like that. Mm. You know, it's really just kind of came out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then when I get on set, the director was really, 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 really cool. Travis Knight. Mm. So Phil Knight's son, Phil Knight from Nike, the Nike Phil Knight. Oh shit. Yeah, he's okay. Phil Knight's, yeah, he's Phil Knight's son. That's who directed Bumblebee. Oh, and he was shit. mad, mad cool. And he was like, so yeah, I'm, I'm on camera. And I, so I had a few more lines and he actually contemplated putting me on another scene that mm. wasn't scripted. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I was like, stick around. I might want to put you on this other scene too. And, and you know, and all that. And, um, and at one point he called me over to what they call Video Village. That's where the director and the producer sit behind the little curtains with the screens watching it, you know? Mm. And he called me over and said, come look at this, come look at this. And he showed me my close up. Cause he knew I came there thinking, you know, a couple of lines under the, under the car. Mm. And he decided to put me above the car and be seen. And I got a few more lines and he said, look at that. Yeah, that's your shot. That's your close up. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so he was really cool. So that's how it happened. I think just the favor. The grace, the mercy of God. I see what they thought about me and called me in. That's just my guess. Mm. But that, no, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's what she did. Right, right. I'm guessing she. I'm guessing she did it just because it was just a voiceover. That's my guess as to why. Mm. And I'm guessing she may not have seen any other actor because there were none there on the day of that audition. She may have seen people at some other times. But um, I, it's just the mercy, the grace, the favor of God that I booked that. And even when even when I was on the set, nobody said Transformers. The word Transformers was never mentioned, not even in my contract. Mm. I got a contract that says Brighton Falls. Oh, because wow. everything <laughs> everything's quiet, man. Uh-huh. It was all a secret, you know. I knew about the time I was on set, I knew what it was. I'd figured it out before I got there. Mm. But he never said it. Oh, that's amazing, man. By the grace of God. Yep. Yep. All right. So now to uh to wrap up, you know, um just uh, a last comment. If, if 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 you could give advice to any up and coming actor or anybody that wants to get into the business, what would you say to them, or what advice would you give them? My advice, because the times have changed from when I first started, yeah, I would not advise anybody to go to college. <laughs> you spend all that money on four years. Okay, you know, <laughs> I said you need the training, you need the technique, you need the to hone your skills, you need to develop the skills, you need you know to learn how to craft, you need a method. So take classes somewhere, find some good classes somewhere where you can learn that. But in the meanwhile, because of digital technology and, and streaming services, create your own, man. Create your own content. That's mm-hmm. what I would tell anybody. People are making movies on iPhones and people getting discovered on YouTube. And you know what I mean? All that stuff wasn't, wasn't here in the, in the early 90s when I started this. Mm-hmm. 
And I started this journey. So yeah, create your own content. And that's why I'm now. I've, um, I've written the film that I'm directing and producing. And I would have started my campaign, fundraising campaign already. Mm. But uh, Corona got in the way. So it's been delayed now. Goddamn Rona. But I've, I, but, I've, <laughs> yeah, but I've written the film. I was inspired to write this, man. Because I had no no aspirations to be a writer or director. Oh. I'm an actor. That's my passion. That's what I love. But this story came, characters came, dialogue came and kept coming and wouldn't stop. And after two years, two years of hearing these voices in my head oh. and hearing this story come, I finally sat down and said, let me write this thing. And I had never written a script before. I wrote a feature, I wrote, I've written a feature in film. It's called 10 Angry Ken. And it deals with uh, religion and homosexuality. Mm. Just with the church. Yeah, so it's 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 a, it's a it's a family drama, um, about a family where a young a religious family where a college age girl comes out as gay, her mother stops talking to her, and the entire film takes place in the dining room. Oh wow! Her uncle her uncle calls to get a family dinner to try and foster to try and get some reconciliation mm. between her and her mother, and um, that's what it is. And I call it Ten Angry Ken. After the old movie Twelve Angry Men, which is about a jury deliberation room, oh. you know, it's no old, old classic. Twelve Angry Men It's twelve men in a jury deliberation room, um, and, and in my film, instead of twelve men, it's ten family members. 10 instead family. of a jury deliberation room, uh-huh. it's the dining room. But it's one long, complicated, controversial, offensive, enlightening, and hopefully inspirational conversation about being gay. And being Christian. And at this table, there are members of the family who represent the, the LGBT community and their allies. Uh-huh. And there are people who represent the faith community. Mm-hmm. And these two just go at each other. They just go at it for about two hours. Wow. And I leave, I leave no stone unturned. I talk about all of that. So that's what my film is, 10 Angry Kids. But the point of it is, it's my own. I'm creating my own because there's so many vehicles and venues, avenues to get that done now. Mm-hmm. And that would be my advice to anybody else who wants to get into this now create your own content that's great advice man that's great great advice it was it was great talking to you man like like i said i've been watching you for so many years and actually get a chance to chop it up with you warms my heart man (laughs) yeah cool cool glad man glad to have this opportunity i appreciate you thinking about me now is there anything you want to promote you want to promote your social media any other projects you got coming up anything well, that film is the thing, 10 Angry Can. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me. I'm on Facebook, Antonio Charity. I have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. Antonio D. Charity, a fan, a fan page, a fan page as well. Um, and I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, ch- uh, Charity Works ENT. That's for entertainment. Yeah. Charity Works Works with an S, ENT. And that's on uh, that's both a production. It, yeah, that's, yes. that's Twitter, Instagram and, and Twitter, same okay. name, and Ten Angry Ken, Ten okay. Angry Ken on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow to see what's happening with the film and um and all of that. Um, but yeah, that that's that's the thing I want people to um to keep their eyes and ears open for and to support it if they can. So um, I just had an, uh, I just got an attorney mm. who who's going to try to help me get some funding, but apart from that. My intention, like I said, my intention was to already to have already started a fundraising campaign, mm. but I put it on hold because because you know people aren't working, right. <laughs> so I yeah, wait for people to get back to work. But I'm um, sometimes soon, God willing, I'll start the fundraising campaign unless this attorney finds funding, mm. you know, from some other source. But yeah, Charity Works, E N T, and Ten Angry Can. 
mm. on Twitter and Instagram. All right, man. Sounds good. Can't wait to see you back on the screen, man. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm not going to do my uh, regular outro because my mama might hear this. So I'm just going to say I go by the name of Domino. That's Antonio Charity. And uh, we out of here. Domino, motherfucker. What's happening? C'est tout ce qu'on a.